Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. We're going to be kicking off a new series called Love the City. Love the city. Okay. Um, I am so grateful to have the opportunity to talk about uh, things that are connected to love because I feel like um, we live in a world that somehow the love of many can grow cold. Growing cold just means that your, your love is, is, is centered on yourself or, or, it's, or it's more inward. Um, everyone in this room uh, you, you were born with this need to be loved, uh, the desire to, to hear it, to feel it, and to have it. And, and actually, we, we, we notice when we're not loved. We notice it. We notice when we don't get the extra lean in, the extra look, the, the nonverbal cues that really send the message that we're loved. And, and we, we're so desperate for love that we'll, we'll be patient and wait around for it, even if we know it's not likely that it's going to come. Like, we'll wait around, like, yeah, they're going to love me. We'll put ourselves in positions or put ourselves in the frame just so, you know, we can, we can see love. We're, I think we're almost addicted to love, even if, we're, if, if it's not like uh, something that you feel like you're receiving. We're still addicted to wanting to watch it. Um, you know, it's like on, in, in the movies. You just, you just like the guy who does everything to put his life in peril for the girl. You know, you like that. You, 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 you expect that out of your heroes. You know, they're, they're going to they're gonna be self-sacrificing. And you enjoy the movie because it demonstrated love. Um, I, in, in my era of growing up, when I was a young man, the biggest wedding over, uh, other than Luke and Laura, General Hospital. I, okay, I just threw that out there for the General Hospital fans. I ain't going to say I watched it, but I watched that Luke and Laura because my mama was watching it. So I'm just throwing that out there, Luke and Laura, General Hospital. Okay, but most of the world, I think it's the most, one of, it's in the top 10 of the most watched items ever would be the marriage of Prince Charles and Diana. And, and let me tell you one of the reasons why we were deeply intrigued by this particular union is because we were hoping that we were going to be involved in a fairy tale of love. That's it. We, it. It wasn't just about them. We, we want to be caught up in that, ooh, you know, they, because it's, if it's possible for someone else, it makes it kind of possible for me. And it feels good. You know, love in its various formats um, is described in the Bible as, you know, eros, more of an erotic kind of chemical-based love. And, and then you have phileo, you know, more of a, a duty obligation, a brother, brother or sisterly love, love you have for your, your mommy that, you know. And then you have agape, which we call the God kind of love. And, and it's always generous and always care. But, but all the characteristics of this love is always something benevolent. It's always something you're giving, uh, you know, and, and there it is. So when you want to test love... You start asking the question about, well, what am I receiving? When a child wants to put his parents to the test, they begin to ask difficult questions to see if the love will, will you make yourself uncomfortable for me? At some point, we want to know that this love is real. It's not an act. 
And this is the test that the text is asking us to take today. It's the love test. It's the love test. Now, I will give you a disclaimer that in taking the test, you have to leave room for the possibility of getting a good grade, getting a fair grade, or they didn't, we didn't, you couldn't even get it, you're not even on, you, you, you were not graded. I mean, it's just a reality. Let's look at, we're going to spend our time in Matthew 25. It's a, it's a famous uh, portion of scripture. It's called the, the Olivet Discourse. You know, uh, chapter 24 and 25, they're, they're really interlinked and connected. And to set up for a little context in 24, the, the disciples are really asking Jesus, what's, what's going to be the sign of you coming back? How, how can we know? When you're going to, you know, wrap this whole thing up and get it all right, I just, we want to know, this is the context, and, and he goes through telling them the signs of the times, like, you know, there'll be wars and rumors of wars, there'll be their false Christ, you know what I'm saying, but no one knows the time, whatever. Then he starts narrowing down to, but you want to use your time right. You don't want to be like foolish versions who had no oil, you want to be like wise versions who actually got it right while there was time. He said, then he, he said, and then he starts getting it really precise. He said, hey, it's, it's like a man who's going away and he left some talents. And, and he said, you want to use these talents correctly? Now, in the portion of text we're about to look at, he's shifting from what they should think, feel, and do to telling them, here's what the love test looks like. All right, so, so here we go. Let's, let's read uh, a little bit together. The verse, Matthew 25, 31 says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all of his angels with him, then he will sit in his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all of the nations, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Wow, the son of man. Whenever you hear this term, the son of man, you want to understand that this is the way Jesus has most referred to himself throughout the, the, the scriptures. When you hear the Son of Man, it's almost as if God in the flesh is trying to make sure he relates to you. He emotes with you. You feel him and he feels you. I, I think of scriptures like, you know, have we not a high priest who can sympathize with our afflictions, how he, how he humbled himself and became a I think about his humanity when he calls himself the Son of Man. He, I, he knows what I'm going through. It's, it's one thing for somebody to say they love you, but they never visit you in your pit condition. I need somebody when they say they're loving me to have experienced some of the things that I've experienced while I'm going through them. It's easy for somebody to say they love you and they see you broken and they never visit you while you're broken. 
When people fail to visit you in your broken condition, when you're in your strong condition, you never actually believe that their love is genuine because they are failing the test. This is a test. It's a love test. He said, the Son of Man comes in all his glory. I want you to know they're talking about when the Son of Man comes again because the Son of Man has already come. It's just he didn't come in glory. Now, yes, he is glorious. It's glorious to think about God in the flesh. That's pretty glorious. But he's talking about a far exceeding glory when you see him fully as he is because you're looking at him in veiled faith. It's still veiled to some degree. He's the son of man, but yet he's dumbed it down. He, you know, he, he, he did not take advantage of his divinic side, though he was divine. So here, here it is. He's going to come a second time in all his glory. He said, when I, when I came the first time, it was lowly, humble, low-key, not a lot of announcements. Yeah, when I come the second time, I'm going to splash the earth. You know, he, he's going to come in and clouds and fire and billowing. And when he shows up, first of all, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be magnificent. And, and, and when he shows up, he's not going to have to say much. You, the world is going to stop. The world, he, he is coming back. This is a fact. And the world that is ignoring him will have an opportunity to prove their love to him. Uh, well, excuse me, they won't, they will have failed to take advantage of the opportunity to prove their love to him because now he's shown up. When he shows up, he's not showing up in, in, by dumbing himself down, he's showing up by showing you who he fully is. When you're loving someone, one of the critical aspects that help the love grow is when you get to know something deeper than the average person. He's got his disciples pulling them to the side saying, you know that how I look now is just like, I'm, th- th- that's not the whole thing. You know that, right? So he's trying to help them understand. You, you, you know, this is the first time in Scripture, I believe, if I studied this correct, that he's referred to himself as king. He said when the Son of Man comes back, he will sit on the throne as king. This is, this is it. He's saying, I just, let me just let this cat out the bag a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm awesome. You're not actually in a relationship with somebody weak. You, you may have misinterpreted some stuff. So yes, I'm coming, and I know, I know. You guys are stuck at trying to get the earthly stuff right. I, 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 I bypassed that. I don't think that's, that, that's right because I'm here now. <laughs> that's right, I, I, I'm gonna win that battle. You need to know about me so that you can take advantage of the opportunity that life really is, that I'm giving you. I want you to be advantaged, not disadvantaged. See, whether you like it or not, we must all come before the judge to give an account for our life. You see, when you come before the judge, this is not where you get to come and plead your case. Like, hey, you know, God, you know, I want to tell you that when I was growing up, my dad wasn't there. Come on, come on, come and my dad, like, tried to hurt me, and then it gave me scars, and I had trauma. And, and I know 
that that kind of jacked me up. And I don't blame you, but kind of like you made me. So it's kind of your fault. But God, just let, but let's not go there. Let's keep it on the main thing because I don't want to just single you out like that. But if we had to single. No, 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 no. There's, there's no talking. This is that Jesus, God, Jesus on the mercy seat is merciful. This is the king on the judgment seat. He's not talking to you. He's pronouncing over you. You, 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 you've already taken the test. And your life is about to indicate to you. Here, before I even explain it, let me actually just get you into your category. Because you might be confused. You're a sheep. You're a goat. You're on my right because, you know, you're righteous. You know, you're loved. You're holy. You got my favor. And I'm going to call you blessed. Uh, you're on my left because, yeah, me and you are enemies. I don't even, I don't even think about you. I'm about to say stuff to you that, that can end this quick. Because when it comes to the love test, I'm already making a declaration about you. But just for fun, let me tell you about the people who passed the test. What did I like about them? Well, good. Let's go to uh, verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by the Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Basically, Jesus is saying, let me be clear. I want my love to come closer to my life. I want you to know that I've done everything I could to prepare the best eternity that was ever possible for you. I want you to know that I don't just want to inherit what my father has given me alone. I want to inherit what my father has given me and give you a equal. I want to give you a share. I want to make you a co-heir with me. In fact, my father said, when you said yes to me, you said yes to him, and he adopts you into our family with full rights of a son and daughter. You can get everything. This is, let me tell you, I know you thought you were blessed when you were on earth, but it, this, this, is, this is beyond your comprehension. I just, before we start enjoying it, I just want to announce you're blessed. This blessed is bliss and, and, and happiness, and, and, and it's never ending. You're favored, and it's pretty terrific. I haven't forgotten you. The Bible says another place in Matthew, when, when the Son of Man comes, he is going to separate and he's going to judge. And so he says, he says, I know that you might not understand why or what happened. Well, so let's review your test. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcome me in. 
I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him. Then those made righteous will answer him. Those who exchange, those who exchange their life for his life will answer and say, Lord, look at all this holy language. When did we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and give you drink? In verse 38. And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you in or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick and, and in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them and say, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it for me. You see, serving them is loving him. I want to be clear here that when he's listing all these things that they did, he's not listing the works they did that qualified them to actually get into the kingdom. He is saying, you have demonstrated the authenticity of your love worked out in the way you live lovingly toward others, which is a reflection of how you feel about me. Now, before you try to figure out, you know, where you fare on it in a worldly sense, I'm going to already give you the cheat sheet that perhaps you are in this group. Now, only you can answer it. You have to feel the tension of it. But I'm not saying that you perfectly feed the hungry. I'm not saying that you perfectly do it. I'm saying that you're bent toward this, that you might be immature in it, but you're, when you serve Jesus, you care about what Jesus cares about. Do you know your very sitting in this room gives me a lot of indication that it is more likely, more likely that you are a ready army for the thirsty, a ready army for the hungry, a ready army for those that are naked, a ready army for the prisoner. And though you might not have at all occasions been able to automate it, your heart toward these things is right. I, I want to tell you as a recipient of the church's love, I, I, I am, uh, what you call, um, I obligate myself to the church for Christ's reasons and then human reasons of what the church has done for me. See, something about when you're taking a love test and you actually find love, you won't give love back. Like if the love was real good, you won't get, you want to, you want to outgive it. See, see, I didn't forget growing up in a single parent home, a latchkey kid, and a mother who was doing all she could, and you still didn't have food, the church brought it to our home. And then they were able, without a word, with dignity, to, to see my clothing, to see it by themselves, and to make me feel as though there was a plan they had where God intended for 
me to get it from them and they were just making good. I didn't feel less than because they gave me shoes and I didn't have any. The pair I had, they said, let me see them. And there's a hole at the bottom of it. They said, how often you wear them? Every day except when we go to church on Sunday and I got a pair. And they had, they were split on the side. So you don't forget as a little boy. When my mom, God bless her, is doing all she can as a single mom to make it in the church bus. Somebody paid for the church bus to come and pick us up. Somebody's answering the love test. And then even in the communication of the gospel, somebody gave money. I, I, I just think it's important to tell this story, especially for any young people in the room, young teenagers, you need to hear this. How the church loved me. As a young student athlete, a young lady had come to me and said, I want to have relations with you. I'd never done anything. My grandmother said, it's okay. We can be in her basement. And I had decided in my heart to do it. I went home and told my mother. My mother said, you're a good person. It's fine. She bought me the appropriate protection. And she said, do what you need to do. I've got all of the permission in the world. But somebody in the church gave me a scholarship to a fellowship of Christian athletes camp where I met preachers and men of God that I didn't know who began to teach the gospel and teach purity. And I remember making a covenant at that camp to keep myself for one woman, which I did. And it was the love from the church. I don't know who sacrificed that money for me, but they cared about my family to be. I, I know we may never know what our love does to benefit others, but it does benefit others. You might think yourself a failure to the test, but you as a member of this church have sent millions of dollars to advance the gospel. You've clothed people. You've put in water pumps. You've bought missionary trucks. You have done exceeding much. And guess what? It doesn't end because loving them is loving him. We don't think about the fall festival like our church is going to come and give our kids candy. I know how you think about it. I know how 100% of you are ready to participate in it because you are passing the love test. You're thinking, on that Sunday, October 31st, I'm going to invite people who wouldn't come to church unless we were bringing this. this. And I know that my church is going to give them two opportunities to hear the gospel. And my coworker, my neighbor, they're actually going to get saved before the end of this month because you love them, you're loving him. It counts, it matters. Let's, let's conclude with maybe people who got a different grade on the test. Let's see what they get. Go to that next verse, please. Then he will say to those on his left, you never want to be on the left side. 
This is, this is not good. This is starting bad. In fact, in the Muslim culture, everything on the left is bad. You got a good angel and a bad angel, and, and, and then the bad angel's always whispering things, and, and everything you do with your left hand is bad. You never shake with the left hand. You want to insult somebody in the Muslim culture, you just stretch out your left hand. On the left, it's bad. They believe in a point system, like you get a point for coming to worship. And it, it, the, the good points tally here and over here, and they're trying to balance out the side. The left is leaning, and they're always scared. Left is bad. It's bad omen. It's just bad. He said, depart from me, you cursed. Your identity is not blessed. Your identity is cursed. Your identity is separate and separated because you didn't do the things that were required. You didn't respond to love and surrender your life. You didn't take my free gift of salvation. You have nothing to atone for your sins, so now you have to live out eternal separation. I don't want you to be confused of why you've got a bad grade. You are cursed. And you've been in this cursed condition for a long time, and I've been pursuing you to deal with it while you had the opportunity. But when I come back in my glory, there is no more opportunity because I'm not on the mercy seat, I'm on the judgment seat, and you're judged. Cursed. You're on the left. And into, into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Don't you know my love was designed not to harm you, not to punish you, not to place you in the, in the same boat of those who were my most treacherous enemies, but you chose them, not me. I didn't choose to curse you. You chose to stay under the curse. You have failed the love test. We love him because he first loved us. If you don't receive love, you can't give love. You've got to start with his love. Hey. You, 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 you forgot them. When you don't love, you forget them. You're forgetting him when you forget them. That's what you did. Notice, I want you to notice something. There's no, there's no speaking here. The judge is pronouncing. When you do die, there's no negotiation after death. There's no, hey, let's figure it out. I'm going to just live my life, and when I, get, when I, when I, when I die, me and God are going to have some conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah, you keep that attitude. You, 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 you build up for that. Get, build your case against it. You, 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 you do that. Because he got some words for you. Get on the left, depart for eternity, hang out with the devil and his angels. Because you rejected my love. And I'm going to tell you, I love my own hard. And those that don't love me and don't love them, I got something for you. Let me tell you something. You treat my wife bad if you want to. Why you, why, why you think, why you think, why would you think you can go off on her and then I'm not going to come and slap you? What you talking about, Pastor? What you talking about? Come on here. You see, this is, the, this is what happens to the people who fail the test. They realize it's not a paper test you can retake. It's an eternal test. And you might be thinking, 
The disciples give you a great example of how you can be around the Lord and Savior and miss him. You got to think, this is before they have denied him. This is before they have abandoned him. The, the, you know what I'm saying? They were getting this information and they were missing the test. Wow. 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 When you take this love test, you stop caring about you because you're into him and them. I know it seems crazy. If you're still stuck on you, you're in a bad place. You're in a real bad place. It's how I feel. It's what I want. I hear it in every marriage, you want to get a divorce. I, I'm not happy. Well, who, 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 everybody in here married, no. Everybody. You, 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 you lying to yourself. You know that ain't, stop. That ain't no excuse. But guess what? Hold on to it as long as you want. Because there comes a day when the judge who judges men's, the secret of men's hearts, guess what? He'll deal with it. Trick me all you want. Trick the church all you want. Fool yourself. Play around. Live, live, live the love confusion game. I don't know if I'm loved. I don't know if I love. I'm just trying to figure out if Jesus is worthy. Play it. Play, play the game to the full. But you might hear cursed, departed, because while I know that God loves you and I know he's on the mercy seat, if you leave this planet or if he comes back and you have not passed this test, it is the worst mistake you could have ever made. And maybe someone has never loved you enough to tell you it that plain. And if you say you love Christ, then as Bethel World Outreach Church, the most loving thing we can do for them is give them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And to serve them soup, soap, then salvation. It's to give them water and to tell them that he's the hands that empowered you to give it. It's to, it's just to give them food or to give them care or give them nourishment and give them credit. I'm not give, I don't even remember the name of the church that gave me everything, but I gave God all the credit because that's who they gave it to. You're going to love the city, then you're about to amplify your love for him. You're not amplifying your love for, the, for Bethel. You're amplifying your love for him. Because loving them is loving him and forgetting them is forgetting him. So what do you do at this moment as we close? Because I've maybe discombobulated you to some degree. You asked a very hard question. If today were the day he cracked the sky, what does my life say about me? Not what I want it to say. Sometimes we, 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 we think something in our mind and we feel something in our heart and we project that into reality as if it is reality. Oh, yeah, I give to the poor all the time. And then you check your giving record. You, have been, you gave one time to the Salvation Army $5. That don't count. That's not a lifestyle. I mean, that's, come on. You, you don't even hear the announcements about 
mission offering, think through. You don't even hear that. Like you, 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 if, if, you if, it, if that stuff bypass you, you can't serve God and money. So what, what are we, when we get up here, is the church asking you something or is Jesus asking you to invest in his church? How do you fare on the test? And the biggest reality is where do you stand with him? Because the disciples were standing by him, but they hadn't really given way to him. They were getting that message when they were still in that in-between stage with their earthly desires. Put one of us on your left and your right. We see you as king. Yeah, we want to be in your kingdom. Where do you fare on the test? Close your eyes. Ask yourself the question. What would my grade be if loving them means loving him? Am I in? Am I out? Am I left? Am I right? Am I sheep? Am I goat? Am I blessed? Am I cursed? I can't take a chance of not answering the love question. If you find yourself out, it only takes receiving the love so you can give the love. I encourage you, if you're watching online or if you're right here in this room, Receive the love of Jesus Christ. Receive the mercy of Jesus Christ. Seek him right now while he may be found. Open the door because he stands there knocking on it. If you find it, you looked at the test and you're in, but you feel like you're a bit immature in how you express your love back in service and benevolence to those in need. And Jesus is here to encourage you. You started well, continue, finish, amplify, build back. Keep loving them is the best way to love him. And if you find you're in the most severe of all conditions and no one knows, you know you and Jesus Christ are adversarial today he is speaking love over you Lord I pray for these your people they all know who they are and where they stand I'm praying now that no one in this room or watching online or ever a part of this church would fail the love test, that each would have the strength to take advantage of the opportunity to live for you, to love them, and it means we love him, you. Will you bless us with the strength of yes, Lord? God, will you make sure that none that we love would ever hear the words depart? God, would you make sure our neighbors would not hear the words depart? Would you make sure our co-workers and our friends and those in our circle of influence would not hear the words depart? Would you give us to be more creative and more loving 
to love through communicating the gospel to all who need it. I pray this over them in Jesus' name. Stand to your feet. Ministers, you can come down.